Well, hello and welcome to all you folks out there in cast country. You're listening to the Kitchen Sink Podcast. It's the show about everything and nothing. I'm your host, Memphis T-Bone Dotson, and I'm the illegitimate son of a Louisiana voodoo woman named Miss Cleo, but my friends usually call me Just Chad. Ladies and gentlemen, my guest today is one of my greatest friends in the whole world. He's an amazing musician. He's a kindred creative spirit. And he is, of course, my hetero life mate for the ages. Ladies and gentlemen of the world, it is my great privilege to present to you my best friend, Mr. Cody Richards. Cody, how you doing, man? I'm doing fantastic, man. That's a really good intro. Thank you. Uh, why, thank you. <laughs> uh, hey, listen, you know I do you upright when you oh, come man. on. When you're on the Kitchen Sink Podcast, you know you're going to get all the love Feels good, me. feels good. I've yeah. been wanting to get on one of these for so long. Oh man, I'm I'm really excited that you're here because you know, me and you have been having idiotic conversations for as long as we've known each Forever. other. So really this is kind of like peanut butter meets jelly. Absolutely. Right now. <laughs> I think we've actually said a few times, man, we should do a podcast. I know. <laughs> so we don't even need bread. We're all we're all we need. We're just oh, peanut dude. butter and jelly. Just lather it up. Man. Just on the counter <laughs> together. Just it's 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 creepy and yet it works gross, at the same time. Little gross. <laughs> So today, me and Cody are going to be talking about this interesting concept that's been floating around on the internet, and it is the concept of the good, bad movie. Now, mm -hmm. if you're listening to this, I'm sure you're wondering, how on earth can a bad movie be a good movie? So here are the criteria that we decided to follow to help us sort of come up with this list. Criteria number one, there has to be something about the badness of the movie that makes us like it. It's, it's an endearing thing. It's not like a awful, awful bad thing, but it's kind of a lovably bad thing. Now, this could be a really bad performance by an actor. It could be bad special effects. The movie might have a really asinine plot, or it might have extremely over-the-top villains or heroes but the whole point is it has to contain some lovably bad elements criteria number two the movie had to be disliked by critics at the time of its release you know film criticism is an art form all to itself and there is no shortage of bad press surrounding good bad movies criteria number three there has to be some kind of blissful ignorance on the part of the filmmakers. In other words, it has to be obvious that the filmmakers thought that they were making all of the right moves in the creation of the film, even if it was obvious to everyone else that they were making potentially career-ending choices. <laughs> so let's, let's talk about movies. Because in, in our relationship, we have talked about movies a lot. Yeah. And so what are the things that make a movie good to you? What's the kind of movie that draws you in? Usually if a movie's like really good, it's got like a really good story. It's really well written. Uh, it keeps you entertained throughout the whole thing. And, and it doesn't necessarily have to be like amazing. It like, like we're going through today. Like if it's a good, bad movie, you could be completely entertained by the fact that it's bad which in turn makes it a good movie to me. I just, if I'm thoroughly enjoyed from beginning to end, whether it be captivated by like a good story or laughing because it's so bad, that's what I think is a good movie, you know? And what is a garbage movie to you? If I want to turn it off, then, <laughs> then it's bad. If I'm like, no, I'm out. No, thank you. Terrible. Are you suggesting that films like the last Terminator movie was garbage? Absolutely, it's garbage. <laughs> Absolutely garbage. The it's... fact that they like took everything that we know about Terminator and just like, nah, it's out. <laughs> As, you know, we didn't need, we had other sequels. We could have left it at T2 and that would have right. been fine. Yeah, T2 was T okay. T2's okay. The original Terminator's a masterpiece, of course. Um, I don't know. I don't. It, maybe it it could possibly be a good bad movie. I mean, pretty. I don't know. It's yeah. It's got some some not great moments, yeah. but it's still an enjoyable movie. Oh yeah. Unlike the last Terminator. Yeah. <laughs> I watched that on a plane. I decided to turn it off and go to sleep. Yeah, I was just like, oh, Arnold, no. <laughs> How could but, you? 
buddy. He's like, if you saw how much money they were paying me. (laughs) Okay, so here's how we ranked out our list. Uh, For starters, if you go to Google right now and you just searched good, bad movies, you are going to find a myriad of lists on the internet of all kinds of different outlets that have lists of good, bad movies. So we looked at a lot of these lists and we also used good old Rotten Tomatoes to help us figure out a few things. And what we did was we took the critical rating on Rotten Tomatoes and we came up with a list of films and we're going to start with the, uh, the, the ones that had the best worst rating. Like they, they weren't rated super, super, super bad. It was almost like the critics could almost like this movie. And we're going to go basically from the top of the barrel all the way down to the bottom of the barrel. And I think the absolute perfect film to kick this off with is the 1999 beautiful disaster known as Deep Blue Sea. Heck yeah. Oh, Cody, tell me what you feel about Deep Blue Sea. Deep man. Blue Sea is the greatest shark movie ever made. <laughs> Forget about Jaws. Forget about it. Deep Blue Sea is hands down the greatest shark movie ever made. Man, I love the plot of Deep Blue Sea. It's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. so stupid. A major corporation puts, I think it's like hundreds of millions of dollars behind this research scientist. Mm -hmm. And they do what you do when... You want to cure a big disease like Alzheimer's, which is what they're trying to figure out. They saw the movie Jaws and they thought, you know what? That shark remembers everything. He <laughs> must be the answer to Alzheimer's. And so they they go, they find an abandoned uh, submarine refueling station, yeah. I think is what yeah. it is. They convert it to a not-so-state-of-the-art laboratory. <laughs> Considering they're spending hundreds of millions of dollars, you'd think they could have come up with something a little bit better. Yeah, it was a little junky. Yeah. I mean, if, with that much money, you think, think about the research facility in the Meg. Mm-hmm. Now, that yeah. was a research yeah. facility, man. Uh, but then, of course, everything goes starts to go wrong because the Always. scientist is like, Oh, man, listen, these Mako sharks, they use Mako sharks, not even great whites, which I almost turned it off then because I was like, why don't we have great whites in this? But, you know, whatever. This research scientist, she says, you know what we need to do? We need to make these smart, these smarks. We need to make these sharks smarter. And so she doesn't tell anybody she's making their brains bigger. So they can harvest more Alzheimer-solving cells from the Mako shark. And, of course, the Mako sharks get so smart that they start testing the perimeter Mm -hmm. and get out. And then all of a sudden there's like a storm or a hurricane. There's a helicopter crash. Oh, my goodness. And (laughs) they get stranded in, the, of course, Uh. the very bottom of this thing. And then they got to climb their way up through holes and and cavernous places that nobody... Flooding hallways. Flooding hallways. And the sharks get in. Yeah. uh, They they turn on their creators. uh, They turn on their creators. The sharks are swimming around in kitchens. It's great. You know what blows my mind about this movie? is it's got a pretty big cast in it. Yeah, like yeah. You, like, you look at the people who's in this movie. Samuel Jackson, he's he's the biggest name in this, undoubtedly. Mm-hmm. Uh, but There's a Skarsgård in there. Stellan Skarsgård mm-hmm. is in this movie. Uh, and, and, of course, LL Cool, LL cool J. Rap superstar. Rap superstar is in this film. And, and, and what I didn't know until I started researching about this movie was that it actually made over a hundred million dollars in the worldwide box office? That's so crazy! And and for a movie that is uh, uh, the the plot is really bad, but there are these moments of brilliance that shine yeah, through. Yeah, like when Samuel Jackson's given his big. Uh, That's speech. the best moment in the whole movie. It really is because I, I, I sh- <laughs> this is going to sound awful, but I showed this uh, to some people the other day. I was like, "You've never seen Deep Blue Sea," and they're like, "No." I said. Here's what you got to do. You got to YouTube 
uh, Deep Blue Sea, Russell gets eaten. Yes. And- <laughs> That's like the best shark death ever, too. <laughs> and it's also got to be some of the worst CG. It's, it looks terrible. It's so bad. <laughs> but, but, you know, the speech that Samuel L. Jackson is given in that is like a high point. You're like, man, yeah. this is good. And and, and then I, I've always really loved uh, Thomas Jane. Oh, yeah. He's one of my like favorite lesser known like, yep. actors. He's so underappreciated as, as an actor. And I know a lot of people used to get him and uh, I think it's Aaron Eckhart. Oh, can, they, they look similar confused. for sure. Yeah. And, uh, and both of them, great actors in their yeah. own right. But Thomas Jane is awesome. Yeah. He plays like my favorite, well, not my favorite now, but for, for the longest time, my favorite version of The Punisher. Oh, yeah. But yeah. Now, now Marvel's got their hands on it, or Disney's got their hands on it. And uh, what's his name? John Bernthal. Oh, he, yeah. He's the best Punisher now. But Thomas Jane played the Punisher so well. Dude, Shane from The Walking Shane Dead. Shane from The Walking Dead. Is the new Punisher. That yeah. is super legit, man. Okay, well, Deep Blue Sea, Deep obviously Blue sea. a masterpiece. It is great because it has some of those wonderful dialogue moments. Mm-hmm. It's got a great cast in it, but made so wonderfully bad by the most ridiculous plot you could ever imagine in a shark movie. Absolutely. Uh, so, all right, well, we got a lot of movies to get through here. So my next one on the list here is one that when I told my wife this was on the list, she looked at me with an incredulous face and said, that's not a bad movie. And I said, <laughs> you're right, it's not a bad movie but it's bad in all the good ways. And I'm talking, of course, about the Nick Cage classic, Con Air. Con Air. Oh, 1997, baby. That was my senior year of high school. Ooh, what was I? Five years old? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, this is another film that was a big box office success. The critics hated it. Well, coming in at a whopping uh, 56% positive wow. Rotten Tomatoes critical uh, rating. Uh, but this is another one of those movies that has this extraordinarily stacked cast. Yes, yeah, so many people. Now, if you've never seen Con Air, let me just give you a little taste of what you could expect should you decide to rent this on Prime or I don't know where else it's available, but it's got to be available yeah. uh, in just about every movie outlet. I mean, it's been outlet. around for a long time. I'm sure you can find it anywhere. Oh, yeah. Folks, listen. Nick Cage, the man who is in 25 movies a year <laughs> and still manages to occasionally make a masterpiece somehow. We don't know how that happens. Every time we think Nick Cage, every time we think Nick Cage is dead, he comes yeah. back, man. He's got a new one out that looks amazing. Yeah. He's like hunting down people who stole his pig. Yeah, and do you know National Treasure 3, I think, is finally They're going to do another National Treasure? I'm pretty sure. Oh, I'm so excited. I think it's happening. I I, they, I know they've been waiting a long oh, time. Oh, man. I love those movies. I tell you, you can't kill Nick Cage. You can't. No, you he's immortal. He, he is immortal. He's going to outlive everybody. He's he, going to outlive the nuclear war. That's he's the right kind of crazy, man. He really is. <laughs> well, in this movie, okay, he plays Cameron Poe. Cameron Poe, the honorably discharged United States Army Ranger. Honorably discharged. Wasn't he honorably discharged just for like beating people up? I don't know. Maybe. I can't. It's been a long time since I've seen the movie. But he's found guilty of manslaughter. Why, you ask, people of the world? Well, for those of you who know, he's just defending his woman. Right. His right, wife right. is outside a bar. His pregnant wife is there with him. And some bad dudes roll up, and because he's an army ranger, he his just arm, starts ripping throats yeah. out. <laughs> his arms are, are uh, registered weapons yes. now, because he's he's an army man. Yes. He could kill a man with his hands. So, of course, I mean... Just like Nick Cage in real life. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, naturally, there was not a force at that bar that was going to stop him. They, they, they were all going to die. It was inevitable. Yeah. I saw it coming as soon as it started to happen. I thought... Yep. Yep, this is it. They're all going to die. Once Nick gets that twinkle in his eye, you know it's over. (laughs) It's over, baby. (laughs) So then he goes to prison for eight years. And how he talks in this movie, this is perhaps (laughs) one of the bad things about the the film. uh, It's it's laughable, but it's lovable at the same time. Because it's like the worst country accent you've ever heard. He's got a terrible accent. (laughs) Isn't, Isn't it something like... I'm just trying to get home <laughs> yeah. to see my baby girl. He's got like a drunken Southern draw the whole time. <laughs> just, Drop the bunny. Drop the bunny. 
<laughs> it's it's like it's like Sling Blade in Con Air. Like in it's Con like Air. he was like, you know, I watched Sling Blade and that was a masterpiece. I just imagine if you took Carl right out of Sling Blade, popped him on an airplane with a bunch of criminals. Exactly. And that's basically what we got. We got Carl from Sling Blade in in Nick Cage form in yeah. Con Air. That's basically what's you going see on. See these fists, I'm fixing to kill you with it. <laughs> <laughs> So he's on his way, you know, he's trying to make it to his daughter, Casey, sweet Casey. It's uh, it's going to be her, her sixth or seventh birthday. I can't remember which, but the people that are being transported on this flight, this is one of the other completely ridiculous things because it is a who's who of the worst people you could possibly imagine in your life yeah. played by all kinds of people. You've got. Uh, people like Danny Trejo, mm -hmm. who plays a serial rapist. Yeah, you've got Ving Joe. Rames. Yeah, you got Ving Rhames. You got Dave Chappelle. You got John Malkovich John. playing Cyrus the Virus, who of course claimed that he had killed more men than cancer. <laughs> that's that's quite a uh, <laughs> quite a number. That's that's a lot of people dead. Uh, and, and then how could we forget? Of course, the great Steve Buscemi. Right, is such a like creepy like performance. Too. Yeah, that whole scene where he's like sitting there with like the kids' toys. Oh man, Ugh. it's I uh, you know, and he's he's one of those uh, he's a chameleon. Steve mm -hmm. Buscemi is a chameleon. You can't Absolutely. peg him in any role because even at his height. You know, like you've seen Reservoir Dogs, oh, right? Yeah, absolutely. Oh man, I mean, he's he's he don't tip. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's one of those guys that you put him in any role. And he's going to shine. Oh, he's, yeah. he's he's never the same dude actor. twice. Whether it's in the Big Lebowski. Oh my goodness! Yeah, I love the Big Lebowski. You're out of your element, Donnie. <laughs> just, out of your element. V.I. Lennon, Vladimir. It's just like, <laughs> well, it's poor Donnie. Um, but yeah, huge, amazingly huge cast. And another, I mean, I, I think he gets his his uh, his due a little bit more nowadays. But John Cusack. Yeah. I love John Cusack. Yeah, he's a great actor. Yeah, for the longest time, people were like, oh, I don't really like him. But, man, he has been in some good yeah, yes. stuff, man. But then Con Air, of course, you know, there's all these over-the-top scenes, the big plane crashes. The plane crash, what is it, in, like, uh, Vegas? In like, Vegas on the Vegas Strip? They just... <laughs> And then, of course, there's a big showdown between Cyrus the Virus Cyrus and the virus. Cameron Poe, and, and he... Finally gets to his daughter's seventh birthday. Seventh birthday, bring that bunny. Here's your bunny, honey. Here's your bunny. <laughs> oh man. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm really excited to talk about this next good bad movie. I feel like I could almost write a college thesis on this film. It starred none other than Sylvester Stallone, Wesley Snipes, Sandra Bullock, Dennis Leary. The guy who played the warden in the Shawshank Redemption. <laughs> yeah, that guy. That guy. <laughs> and, the, and that dude that was in Miss Congeniality. <laughs> right, 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 That guy. <laughs> <laughs> they were in uh, the 1993 film <sighs> Demolition Man. Demolition Man. One of my favorite movies ever. It was my Citizen Kane. When I was... <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a bold statement, but I will, I will allow it. Because same. Now, Demolition Man, uh, most of the movies on our list, they made money at the worldwide box office. I'm kind of stunned that uh, Demolition Man had an estimated budget of around $57 million. Wow. And at the worldwide box office, it made a whopping $58 million. <laughs> oh, wow. It made a million dollars. <laughs> that movie broke even. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, I feel bad for them. You're wow. like, man, you got Rambo. You got Blade. You got Miss Congeniality. They're all there. And the warden from Shawshank Redemption. The warden from Shawshank Redemption. What else do you need, man? And this movie managed to only rake in a million dollars. Oh, that's, that's unfortunate. At the but box office. But it is such a good movie. Like it, It's like a, like a cult classic. Now. It really is. And, and again, it's got... The the really over-the-top, ridiculous plot. I love the character that Sylvester Stallone plays. Both Stallone and... Um, Wesley Snipes. Wesley Snipes. They both have the coolest names, like, ever. John Spartan. 
and Simon Phoenix. Phoenix. <laughs> you know, I mean, <laughs> this is one of those movies that if if a film ever deserved the movie voice, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, like, yeah. Like, in the year 1996, well, Los Angeles has become a crime-ridden hell where street gangs control the city. You know, like, that's yeah. this movie deserves it. Absolutely. Right? And this movie is that voice just embodied the whole time. Yeah. That's pretty much the whole, this, what's the, let's see, what's the runtime on Demolition Man? It's like... Well, it's an hour, 55 minutes. Ooh, you could okay. just you could just have someone the whole time going, you know, the whole, just every single line, just like that there. That's all you need in this movie, Demolition Man. But, then John Spartan went to Taco Bell. Because <laughs> <he went> to, <laughs> Taco Bell is the only fast food restaurant that survived the food wars. <laughs> but I love this uh, this idea, you know, John Spartan goes after Simon Phoenix and, and he ends up blowing up a building, which that's kind of his MO, mm -hmm. you know, he's always blowing stuff up and definitely uh, in real life, uh, he every scene he would end up arrested at the end of that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, but then he gets frozen. Yeah, cryogenically frozen. Cryogenically frozen for 36 years, bro. What was that because like he... Because, like, kids got killed or something, yeah, so like, they, was, they charged him and they froze him There were supposedly, like, Simon Phoenix had some hostages. I think it was literally, like, a bus of nuns or something <laughs> like that. And uh, the building blew up, and, and Spartan was like, I scanned the building, it was clear. And Phoenix was like, I told him the passengers went here, and he said he didn't care. Ooh, <laughs> oh, no. Know? Oh, no. And, uh, and, and so then he ends up uh, going to prison, I think it's for uh, manslaughter or manslaughter. something like that. You know, it, it does it, the cryogenically freezing someone as a life sentence kind of uh, defeats the purpose of a life sentence. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> my my favorite my favorite thing about that after their thought, which by the way, we're only a, a little over ten years away. They thawed John Spartan out in twenty thirty two. Whoa, dude, we're nice. getting we're getting close. I don't think we can freeze people yet. <laughs> we so. can't freeze people yet. <laughs> um, but uh, I, I love how while they're in cryogenic sleep. They they learn new skills. <laughs> yeah. John Spartan comes out and he can knit. He can knit like crazy. Like and that's he, he like there's one scene where he's you know he's actually knitting like a throw rug or something <laughs> yeah. or like he makes uh, Sandra Bullock's character like an apology gift. <laughs> <laughs> How does that work? He's like, like I'm sorry about you know we put the things on our heads and I thought we were doing one thing but then it was it was then it got weird for everybody. <laughs> yeah. I'm really sorry. That whole scene was so weird. So here's like some mittens or whatever it was he mittens. made. <laughs> um, and then of course Simon Phoenix comes out and now he's a super soldier. Oh yeah. He's he's Bruce Lee incarnate uh, as he comes out of there. Now I'm going to make a controversial statement about okay. this film okay i think that simon phoenix is maybe one of wesley snipes best portrayals of a character dude absolutely ever. His, his his character is my favorite thing he's ever done to be honest yeah i and i like blade blade's cool but simon phoenix is his coolest character yeah his, his personality he's just so like i don't care let's just do whatever and just to blow things up hands down <laughs> yeah he's great and you know <clears throat> dennis leary is oh, right. outstanding leary, in this movie yeah and you know Den dennis leary has shown in subsequent years that he's he has chops but uh, when he was in that movie there was this uh comedy album that uh, me and a bunch of friends had that was you know really awful and dirty but it was <laughs> but it but it, he was really funny um and that's kind of just how we sort of knew him but then you see him in that movie and you can see like the traces of the star there. And again, that's one of those high points of Demolition Man, I think, is that, um, you know, Stallone is kind of making fun of himself in this movie. Yeah. yeah. Um, and <laughs> I, I love the scene where he doesn't know how the three seashells the work. The three seashells, <laughs> yes. And and here's the here's here's my thing. I, I feel like we're arriving at the time of the three seashell. You know how oh, long really? I've been trying to talk my wife into getting a bidet? Oh, dude. I want a bidet too, man. So I don't blame you. Oh my gosh, man! I don't want anything more than a bidet. And she's like, "No, we're not going to get a, a water butt cleaner." Like, <laughs> Why would you not want a water butt cleaner? I, I know because here's because here's the thing. Like like it's the difference between toilet paper 
and the wipes that everybody are real into right now. Yeah, yeah. You know, as, as a buddy of mine said, he was like, man, do you really think you're getting yourself clean when you put dry paper back there? You're, <laughs> you're not, not getting clean. It's you're disgusting. Just spreading, it <laughs> just spreading it around. It's like if you have some guacamole on your t-shirt, you can't get that off. You just spread it around. You need something with moisture. <laughs> you get your hands dirty, you're not just going to wipe it all over. It's you're like, going to put water on it. I know. It. It's, it makes perfect sense. And, you know, and, and the bidet is very popular around the world. Mm-hmm. I'm convinced that the three seashells, it's just a fancy bidet that's you all think? it is yeah okay i think I, I and in fact okay i it, we live in troubling trying times Cody. that we do that we do there's a lot happening and listen let's bring let's bring this thing way down man let's get okay. serious okay? okay let's get serious i i've been doing a lot of thinking about this and i think that what the world needs now is not love sweet love no, not just for some, but for everyone. I, I don't, I mean, yes, we need love to some extent, but you know what we need more than that? What do we need? We need three seashells. We need three seashells. We need the three seashells. We need bidets and every house. Can you imagine how it would change people's dispositions walking around with actually clean bottoms? It's Demolition Man was trying to teach us all something all the way back in the 90s that three seashells is the key to life. It's the Absolutely. answer. Absolutely. I think three seashells would end war. Yes. Yeah. It would probably even help cure disease. It might cure disease. Maybe we wouldn't need to cut open sharks' heads to cure Alzheimer's. We that's, need the three seashells. That's right. That's right. That's if right. they just known about the three seashells, I mean, everything could be shiny, rosy, and happy. Absolutely. Right now. Well, let's move on from that note. Demolition Man. Goodness gracious, people. If you've never seen Demolition Man, I, I don't. I, I, I'm not sure what you're doing with your life. Now, this next film was an inclusion of mine. Cody's never seen it. And, and there's a lot of people I know who have not seen this. Now, Mark Wahlberg, international superstar. Marky Mark. Right, Marky Mark. He's in those Transformers movies. Mm-hmm. He's about to be in the Uncharted movie. I know. You know. He's playing a weird character, but I, I'm here for it. I know. I mean, I love the Uncharted games, you know, PlayStation exclusives. He's playing Sully, the I young Sully. I don't see him as a Sully, but uh, I will wait and see what I'll, happens. I'll give it time. You know, I mean, I, I, I like, uh, he's great in Lone Survivor. You yes, know? yes, Lone, Lone Survivor is great. great. He, yeah. So <laughs> Mark, Mark Wahlberg showed early on that he had serious acting chops. I don't remember when Boogie Nights came out. But Boogie Nights is an amazing film. Mm-hmm. Now that's not the film that's on our list here, but uh, but that everybody said that that was the movie where we learned that Mark Wahlberg could act was Boogie Nights. I would argue that, and I would say that the movie where we all learned that Mark Wahlberg could act was a little known movie called Fear. 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 Now we're not going to talk at great length about it because you've never seen it. So yeah, I no, I haven't seen Fear, but from what I what I read, I think I need to watch it. it oh sounds man, like a great movie. So it's basically, <clears throat> well, and and I I I take it a step further. I think that it would be a good thing for high school kids to see. You know, particularly, I mean, you know, younger boys, younger girls, mm-hmm. e- either or. Yeah. Because this movie stars Reese Witherspoon as well. Right? Great actress. Right. Great actress. You know, everything from legally blonde to mm-hmm. seriously heavy roles. Um, she plays an innocent teenager named Nicole. But she's Nicole. got a little bit of a rebellious side. Nope. And her dad is uh, a successful businessman of some sort. It's played by William Peterson, William Peterson. who of course is Grissom from CSI. Mm-hmm. Or if you want to go real back, way far back, you go back to uh, the, I think it was the eighties and he was in the first Hannibal Lecter movie. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, like Mind Hunter or something, yeah, like something like that. Really good movie. He was also in a, another a good, like I think it was a sort of a cop film called uh, to live and die in LA. Hmm. Which I haven't is, heard of that one. It's a, it's a good one too. Um, but then of course, you know, he hit CSI. He was also in Young Guns too. A lot of people oh, forget Young Guns. William Peterson was in Young Guns too. Uh, speaking of great movies, um, mm-hmm. uh, I, I don't know if I would say those are good, bad movies. I just think they're good movies. Good movies I love yeah. the Young Guns. Yeah, me too. So anyway, yeah. um, so yeah, so William Peterson plays, uh, uh, Reese Witherspoon's, uh, dad. And, and of course the, the girl she meets, uh, Mark Wahlberg's character, his name's, uh, David. And, you know, she's she's falls in love and Mark Wahlberg is sweet and they start spending a lot of time together. But but like the dad suspects that something is wrong, weird about this guy mm-hmm. and the things that Mark Wahlberg does. Just to give you one little example. If you've never seen this movie, um, Mark Wahlberg decides that he's going to manipulate his girlfriend to get her sort of railing against her dad. And one of the ways he does that is this creepy scene where he's standing in front of a 
where he's standing in front of a mirror and he starts hitting him and he's got his shirt off and he starts hitting himself in the chest really hard. And, and, and yeah. And, and then, and, and his face during that scene is just like, it, it's like he's in no pain whatsoever. Mm. It's, it's like, it, it, like you said, it's a real psychopath moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he shows up to see Reese Witherspoon at some point and, and he takes his shirt off and reveals all these, like his whole upper body is badly bruised. And he claims that her father assaulted him Wow. And 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 he starts this real process of manipulation, and then it all goes south really bad. And and I don't for people who haven't seen it because I know it's I think this movie only made like twenty million dollars at the box office. I don't even know how much it cost to make, but um, but it is a it is a true gem from the '90s. That man, if you've never seen, it's it's definitely worth your time. Mark Wahlberg is super creepy. Uh, William Peterson yeah. is awesome, and Reese Witherspoon is is killer at it. I'm definitely going to put that on my list to watch because it sounds like really good. Now, uh, our our next film was a Schwarzenegger movie. Now, you don't generally associate Schwarzenegger movies of the late '80s and the early '90s with um, flops necessarily, but but he was a powerhouse. Man. He was man, still is, but you know. But this movie, Last Action Hero. Which I, which I know is another one that you said you haven't seen. I think I might have, but it's been so long. I yeah. Now it it was a a not really a big hit. Had some great actors in it. Had uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, obviously, like I said, um, F. Murray Abraham, who was in a lot of great. He was uh, I think he either won an Oscar or was nominated for an Oscar in the movie Amadeus. Amadeus. Yeah, if, if, if that's another. That's a really great, great, great movie. If you've never seen that, mm, but F. Murray okay. Abraham's in all kinds of things. Uh, and and then probably one of the more two of the more relevant names today, aside from Arnold Schwarzenegger, is Ian McKellen's in this movie. Oh, nice! He okay. plays Death, if I remember correctly. He plays Death. <clears throat> he plays Death. Okay, I am so intrigued. Um, and then uh, Charles Dance. Charles Dance. He's Game of Thrones. Yep, right? Charles yeah. Dance, Game of Thrones, Lannister. Yep, and and he was the 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 main bad guy in Last Action Hero. And so okay. the premise of the film is you've got this young boy named Danny, and he loves this action hero character that Arnold Schwarzenegger plays. And uh, I, I can't remember uh, what was his name. Oh, Jack Slater. Jack Slater. That's man, a, these old action movies have such good names. I know, man. Jack's what Jack a great Slater. name. Jack Slater. And Jack. So Jack Slater. It's a. It's a real. The way they portray the in the movies is like the guns never need reloaded. Oh, you know, yeah. and, and the good guy never gets hurt, and all this other stuff. Cliche well, action yeah. films. Yeah. Somehow I can't remember exactly how um, the bad guy in the last action hero or something finds an item that like gives him a portal to the real world. Oh, okay. And so the movie comes off the movie screen into reality. That's wild. Where you have to reload guns and where Jack Slater oh, can get hurt okay. and all these things. So it's like pro a problem for him. Yeah. He's yeah. A learning and, curve. And he meets up with this boy, Danny and you know, Danny's trying to figure out how to give him, get him back into the movie because he's a big, you know, Jack Slater fan. He's seen all the right. Jack Slater movies, and so naturally he wants to come in and help out. Now, help this hero, y'all, man. Now this movie got really, 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 really bad reviews when it came really? out. Oh, it was people hated this movie. Uh, I mean, directed by John McTiernan, who's a big name uh, in in Hollywood, but it ended up going on to only make about fifty two ish million dollars wow. uh, worldwide. So forty percent on Rotten Tomatoes. I know, yeah, yeah. People <clears throat> did not like this film. Wow. But it's another one that I, for whatever reason, I watched it all the time when I was a kid because it's not it's not a serious action movie. Mm -hmm. It's clearly making fun of action movies. Right, right, right. And I think that's what's fun about it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and and of course, you know, Charles Dance, I think I think he is the reason to watch this movie. Oh, really? Because if I remember right, he's got these glass eyes or like some kind of something with one of his eyes where he can put different kinds of eyes in and huh. he's like a real crack shot, you know, he's really, really really good with a gun. And I mean, he looked you know, kind of old back then. I mean, when I saw him in Game of Thrones, I didn't think he looked that different than he looked in the action, uh, the really? in last action hero. And he is just such a good bad guy in this he, movie. He plays a good bad guy in all the stuff that he's done. Like. He's, I think he really, I think he's the reason to watch this movie. Really? Okay. I'd, I'd never seen him in anything until I saw him in the last action hero when I was a kid. Uh-huh. And then, then, and then I didn't really see him in a lot. And I thought, man, how could you, I mean, I, I think he was in a lot of stuff, but mm -hmm. I just never really caught him. Yeah. And thought, this was like one of the all-time great movie bad guys. 
why are we not seeing more of him? And when he was on Game of Thrones, I about came out of my yeah. skin. I was like, oh my goodness. He's so good in Game of oh, Thrones. And he's, he's got serious acting chops. He and does. now all of a sudden you kind of see him yeah, yeah. in everything. You know, everybody's like, oh, this guy's a great actor. Mm-hmm. And I always wondered, did this movie, did this last action hero movie kind of put the cap on his big Hollywood yeah. career for a while? Like, it I, might be. Uh, Movies that flop like that, sometimes it uh, doesn't end well for the actors. Oh, man. You know, speaking of great action films, uh, I realized I skipped over one on our list here. Oh, my goodness. This next film. <laughs> Cody, it, it answers the question that really people have been asking for many years. I know I have, and uh, everyone in my circle of friends has been asking it. What would you get if James Bond, mm-hmm. Red Bull, yeah, and the X Games had a baby? I'll tell you what you get. You get Triple X. That's right. You get Triple X. <laughs> you get Triple X. The Vin Diesel epic Triple X, man. If oh. James Bond was in America, <laughs> then you're going to get Triple X. <laughs> now, speaking of great movie names, Vin Diesel's character in this film has got one of the all-time great movie names, a name that I have fallen in love with so much that I, I tried to suggest that we name our chi- one of our children this. Uh, his name was Xander Cage. Xander Cage. Yes, Xander. And I think Xander, it just sounds like a superhero. Xander name. is a cool name. I wish you would have named your kid Xander Cage. That would have been amazing. <laughs> Xander Cage Dotson. That Xander Cage Dotson. <laughs> oh, man. Triple X is one of my favorite, like, unknown. Well, unknown, but, you know, lower, under-the-radar action movies. It's it's just so full of, like, over-the-top ridiculousness. Yeah. Like, it opens up ridiculous. Oh, yeah. Yeah, doesn't it open up with some, um, like, uh big chase scene yeah, he or something like, he steals a rich dude's car and drives uh, it off of a bridge and there's like gopros everywhere attached to it so he's like filming it and he's just like you're in the xander zone <laughs> and then he he ramps the <laughs> dude's car off of the bridge and lets xander it blow up <laughs> the xander zone and he's like parachuting down and he's like that's what you get for being rich <laughs> and then they like they like take all the footage and they cut it up into some action video for youtube and, you know, the only thing that makes sense when you see something like that on YouTube is if you work for a national security uh, entity in the government, you go, that's the guy we need to save the world. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> did you see what he did with that car? It was awesome. It was awesome. He got like a million likes. And uh, and, and, and again, this I think this name is going to come up on our list a few times. Uh, isn't? Samuel Jackson in this movie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's like uh, he, he's like the roided out James Bond, uh, <laughs> Nick Fury. Yeah, he, he, he's like I'm putting together a team. <laughs> the and and the uh, and the terrorist group uh, that they're fighting against, I believe, is called uh, Anarchy Ninety Nine. Anarchy Ninety Nine. <laughs> <laughs> it does not matter what you do. We will take over the world. Anarchy Ninety Nine. Anarchy Ninety Nine. <laughs> You cannot stop Anarchy 99. <laughs> There's no stopping Anarchy number nine. <laughs> oh, uh, not number nine. Oh, we number messed nine. up the name with uh, Take Two. Take Two. Take Two. <laughs> <laughs> we need another nine. <laughs> oh, everything about this movie is gloriously bad and gloriously wonderful at the same it's time. It's great. <laughs> oh, man. Definitely. Wanna, and you know what? I like the. Uh, the latter incarnations of the Triple X movies as well. Yeah, uh, it was kind of weird though. Like the sequel, it had uh, Ice Cube I think instead so. of Vin Diesel, and they yeah. and they were just like, "Oh yeah, Vin Diesel, he just died. Yeah, he's dead." They're yeah. like, "What?" Yeah. And then in the third one, they came back, and he's just like, "No, nah, I was chilling on the on the beach, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not dead. What are you talking about? You can't kill Xander Cage. You can't like kill that. Xander Cage. He doesn't die easy. He doesn't like Xander Cage. Doesn't know how to die. All right." Well, speaking of doesn't know how to die, my boy, Patrick Swayze, dude, he will live on forever. Listen, I'm going to say it. himself. I'm going I'm to I'm say it right here now. I don't care who judges me. Uh, this isn't the movie we're going to talk about, but I'm just going to say it because I want the world to know that I love Dirty Dancing. 
Yeah, Dirty Dancing's good. Dirty Dancing is a great movie. Nobody puts Baby in the Corner, man. Nobody. And you know what? I had a neighbor that we tried to do the lift uh, oh, for like really? a good two or three years. Like we practiced in a neighbor's pool. Mm-hmm. And uh, I never really had, um, what's that called? Uh, upper body strength. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> I feel it. Same. <laughs> and so I could never really do it. And uh, I think never my, succeeded, huh? My partner, she just got really frustrated. And she's like, <laughs> you know, maybe if you would work out a little and look more like Patrick Swayze, I'm like, hey, believe me, that's what we're all trying to do out here. <laughs> like, did you? It's harder s- than you think, man. Like, did you see Ghost? I'm thinking about taking up pottery. Are you kidding me <laughs> yeah. right now? I'm like, yeah. I, I walked around with a penny just shoving it up and down doors like, oh, come on, we can do this, man. We can do this. We can. Man, speaking of, of you know, Patrick Swayze movies with great scores, man, Dirty Dancing had a great score. Mm-hmm. Ghost had a really creepy, like that scene when they come and get Willie and the shadows yeah. come and get Willie and that music is super creepy. And then Patrick Swayze, of course, sings, she's like the wind. She's like the wind. Feel the breath in my face. Oh, man. Her body close to me. <laughs> that looking around. Is out of my reach. Just a fool to believe I have anything she needs. <laughs> That's beautiful. He man. wrote that, man. He wrote that? He wrote that song. Wow. Wrote and recorded it. And, and I'm told uh, through the YouTube that apparently before that song made it into uh, Dirty Dancing, he apparently tried to get it into every single movie that he was in. Really? He was like, hey guys, you want to hear my song? She's like the wind. <laughs> and people are like, Pat, that's no, the Pat. dumbest song we've ever heard in our lives, bro. And then, like, of course, hits in Dirty Dancing. I think it was like close to a number one hit. Might have been a number one hit. I don't know. But you know what? They should have listened to him. I love that song, too. Another Patrick Swayze movie I love. This is another good bad movie, but this is not the one we're talking about. I'm mm-hmm. sorry. Yeah. We're going to we're having a Patrick Swayze moment. Oh, Everybody, man. you're just going to have to do it. Sways, Sways for Ever, man. Sways for days, baby. Sways for days. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I don't. Did you ever see Next of Kin? I have not. What Dude. is it? Okay. All right. So Next of Kin is a movie that stars Patrick Swayze uh-huh. and Liam Neeson. Liam Neeson's? Dude, Liam Neeson's is in this movie, and he plays uh, uh, like a hit, like a hillbilly from Kentucky. Really? And somebody. Wait, hold up. Patrick Swayze plays the hillbilly, or Liam Neeson? Liam Neeson plays. Oh the my hillbilly. goodness! And he, he, Liam Neeson's character in that movie, his name is Briar. 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 And he comes in. And he's got like a, he's trying to do like a hill, like a hillbilly accent, but he's also trying to get rid of his Irish accent. Yeah, I was gonna and say so, that's got to be kind of so, difficult. So he comes in. And he's like, "We're we're family. Nobody does this to." And Sways for Days is always like, Briar, listen, you got to calm down, man. <laughs> and uh, But it's it's another, next of kin, man. You got you to uh, watch okay, next of okay. kin. Okay, okay. I'm going to watch that. But anyway, the, the Sways movie that we want to talk about mm-hmm. is a movie that describes a profession that I'm pretty sure has never existed in the history of the world. It is the movie Roadhouse. Roadhouse. Roadhouse, baby. Now, this is another one that I'm not sure if I've seen or not. If I have, it's been a long time. So, Roadhouse goes way back. Came out in 1989. Let's see, I was 11. I did not exist. (laughs) (laughs) So, in this film, um, Patrick Swayze plays a cooler. Cooler. Now, we've all heard. Of the profession of the bouncer. Mm-hmm. We all know what bouncers are. Oh, yeah. And apparently what a cooler is, is the person who is in charge of the bouncers. And he tells the bouncers when it's time not to be nice. Okay. So uh, Patrick Swayze plays a character called Dalton. Dalton. And that's just what they call him. Dalton the cooler. Dalton. And no last name, just Dalton. Uh, there probably is another name, um, but uh, I don't remember. I just remember Dalton. Dalton. Um, so he ends up going uh, all the way out to a place called the Double Deuce, <laughs> all the way out in Jasper, Missouri, of all places. And he's there to clean up uh, this this nasty little bar. I believe one of the lines in the movie is something like. It's the kind of place where they sweep up the bodies in the morning. You know? Oh, my like God. One of those kinds of places. Oh. And um, and he goes in, and, of course, he starts cleaning up the bar. There's this great scene at the beginning of the movie. It's like one of the ultimate tough guy scenes where um, it's Dalton's first night on the job. He's trained everybody to be the bouncers, and he's there at the bar drinking his uh, – his unleaded coffee, or his leaded coffee, as he calls leaded it. Leaded coffee. I suppose that means uh, coffee uh, with a little bit of gasoline, something in it. Yeah. Put a little and pep in your step. All of a sudden, this uh, 
this woman stands up on a table and she starts um, dirty dancing, if oh, you will. Okay. And uh, and Dalton's like, hey, hey, signals to his bouncers and his bouncers go over, and they try to get the girl down and. And then the, the guy that's with the girl says, come on, let the girl dance. Let her dance. Let her dance. And he pushes the guy away, and Dalton's like, hey, calm down. Be nice. Just be nice. I'll tell you when it's time to not be nice. So the guy goes back in, and he says, hey, buddy, do me a favor. And this dude turns around and cold cocks the bouncer. Just oh, boom, no. just gets him. And then he pulls out a switchblade, which oh. every movie in the 80s had to have a switchblade. Oh, yeah. So he pulls out the switchblade, and then out of nowhere appears the sways oh the sways grabs the dude's wrist that has the knife in hand takes his other hand grabs the dude by the back of the head and slams the dude's head down on a table breaks the table in half oh my god and then picks the dude up and says one of the greatest lines you've ever heard in a movie he says escort this gentleman to the door <laughs> and they come up like they've all seen a ghost like they've been smacked around like by the boogeyman they're like did you see that and then the sways extends his hand to the girl on the table and very gentlemanly helps her get down, and then they take her out of the bar as well, and that's kind of sets the tone wow. for the movie. You don't mess with the sways. You don't man. mess with the sways, man. And you know who else is in this movie? Yeah. I don't know if you've ever heard of. Uh, it's a little bit of an older musician, but a guy named Jeff Healy. Name rings a bell, but I'm not sure. He was a blind uh, blues musician. Okay. Who hit it big with a song called "Angel Eyes." Angel. It was eyes. like to turn your angel eyes. My I think way. I might have heard you know, that, that yeah. song. Okay, yeah. Um, yeah, it's a uh, it's a good one. It's mm-hmm. a good. One. And he's in this movie. He plays oh. in the house band. Okay. You know, and they start playing. They're like in a cage, mm-hmm. and people throw beer bottles and stuff at them. And the it, house it, band is in a cage. Yep, yep. Because they can't. It's you know. Remember, this oh, is the place where they sweep, sweep up bodies, the bodies in yeah. the morning. So, Got to protect their so, staff. Yeah. You know? So yeah. So the sways cleans it up, and then trouble kind of ensues. Uh, and and I, I mean, I'm going to go ahead and give something away for okay. you. Uh, he rips a man's throat out in this movie. What? Yeah, I didn't even know that was possible. Wow. We didn't see that again until one of the more recent Rambo movies. But yeah, yeah. he rips a dude's and, throat uh, out. And yeah. Rick, Rick Grimes on Walking Dead. Yeah. He bites a dude's <laughs> throat right. out. It's a little different. <laughs> it's a little different. <laughs> I think he learned that from the Sways. The Sways uh, taught him. Rick Grimes had clearly seen Roadhouse. Oh, yeah, he's a Roadhouse <laughs> fan. Rick Grimes likes the Sways. Rips a dude's throat out. Wow. Oh, my goodness. All right. So, next movie. Okay. I'm pretty excited about. I've seen a lot of the Fast and Furious movies. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people, they would, they would say to me, Chad, what Fast and Furious movie do you think is the best? Because I thought the one with The Rock was great, or I thought the original was great. And I'm like, people, the best Fast and Furious movie is Tokyo Drift. Hands down, Tokyo Drift. Best one. And they say, are you sure that's a movie? <laughs> <laughs> Yes, it's a movie, and it's the best. It is. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. It's the only one, uh, maybe maybe with the first movie, but it's the only one that I feel actually embodies like the spirit of what this series should have been about. Yes. Because they go, I don't know why they decided, it's the money, they decided the money. Oh, yeah. So to make it go like crazy balls to the wall action, yep. it should be about the racing. Yeah. And and I don't know, Tokyo Drift really like embodies that, man. And you know, I, we've already mentioned Sling Blade so far in this episode. <laughs> but the kid from Sling Blade, people always forget about little the the little kid mm-hmm. uh who I can't remember what his name is. I don't either. Yeah, but he's he's the one that like that boy lives inside of his own heart. <laughs> That's an awfully big place to live. <laughs> <laughs> but that kid, Lucas Black. Lucas um, Black. Who here recently, I believe, has been on NCIS yeah, New he's, Orleans. Yeah, he's and it's NCIS. great. I love seeing him in stuff. Yeah, uh, and he's got a real country accent. He does. Like, and it's, it's not. Good. It's not a fake. Faking it's nice. Around. Um, but he's in this movie, and the the thing there are a lot of things I think that are good about this movie. I think if this mm-hmm. movie suffered from anything, it was it was budget. It, it clearly had a. It didn't seem. I, I think budget wise, what Tokyo Drift has, I think. Well, that's not anything to sniff at. I mean, it's $85 million estimated mm, yeah, budget. Yeah. Um, ended up pulling down close to $160 million worldwide. But, hmm. you know, it didn't really have any A-list talent in it. Lucas Black, good actor, but, yeah. you know, not top-tier talent. Um, and they're really only pulling in one actor from the franchise, uh, Han. Right. Uh, with the exception of, you know, like 
special cameo. But right. Well, and and Han, I mean, he of course he didn't really factor in until these later movies. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I mean, I think he's one of the most interesting uh, characters in the whole mythos of the Fast and Furious. What's his real name? Like Soon Kang or something like that. I think I'm not entirely sure. Um, yeah, I, th- I think it's like Soon Kang. Soon Kang. Um, and, and and you know uh, he plays this character Han, who I. <laughs> I just think is so cool. He's a cool dude. His whole persona that he's got working in Tokyo mm-hmm. Drift um, is is I, I think it's it's the reason to watch that movie. Yeah, and he was so popular that even though he dies at the end of Tokyo Drift, yeah, you, you know mm-hmm. people are like, this guy was one of the best yeah, parts of they, the franchise. Yeah, they kill off the best character. Yeah, even though I, I feel like Tokyo Drift doesn't always get the love that it deserves, um, the fans definitely. We're like, you know what? You can't take a character as brilliant as 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 uh, Han, Han yeah. who was expertly acted by Sun yeah. Kang, and then just leave him hanging in right. the wind, you know. And so, they listen too. Oh, uh, and 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 for all for the better. All for the better. And, and man, I still get choked up when I think about the end of of Tokyo Drift. Mm-hmm. And they're like, you know, there's this guy that wants to race, and Lucas Black's like, I'm not feeling it tonight. And, He's like, you know, he says he knew Han. He said Han was family. And you're like, yeah, family. It's Vin Diesel. It's got to be Vin Diesel. Diesel. And then Vin Diesel makes the big appearance. This ain't no 10 second race. (laughs) I got nothing but time. Nothing but time. (laughs) And you're like, yeah. 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 That payoff was so good. Oh, everything about that movie is awesome, man. I will say, though, that I really do enjoy the first movie. Uh, Yeah. They do get a little crazy with, you know, the steel, like the, the, Stealing from the semi trucks, but yeah, I but yeah, Tokyo Drift, best one in the whole series. Yeah, you know, I mean, that is kind of crazy what they do in the first film, but uh, I I think they're uh, they've really toned it down since then. You know, I mean, they've uh, brought it way more down to earth, and by down right. to earth, I mean dropping a car <laughs> from space. Yeah, what are we doing in space? Why are we in space, Fast they and go Furious? Go to space, man. Who's, I know everybody's now just like, oh, we're going to space, and you can buy. No, we don't need to be in space, Fast and Furious. I don't understand why we need to see the curvature <laughs> of the Earth in a Fast and Furious movie. Listen, man, Earth can't hold family. <laughs> Earth can't keep Xander Cage down, or whatever his name is. Fast and Furious. What is his name in Fast and Furious? Uh. Dom. Dom, thank you. Oh my gosh, Dom man. Toretto. Dom Toretto. Xander Cage, it's all the same. Whatever. <laughs> Universe is going to enter the Xander Zone, baby. <laughs> Xander Zone Drift! <laughs> Xander Zone Drift! <laughs> Commentary. Commentators will be like, and now we're coming into the Xander Zone part of the Drift course. <laughs> so Cody and I ended up talking for at least another hour, and we decided that the best thing to do would be to cut the episode right here and then release the second half as a different episode a week from now. So we hope that you've been enjoying what you're hearing so far, and we hope that you're looking forward to part two of this episode one week from today. So remember, tune in. Don't forget to rejoin us for the second half of Good Bad Movies. Mm